joined in this segment by State Representative Tim Butler. Well, Representative, I know some good bars in Madison if you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Madison is actually one of our favorite favorite towns. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. I worked Madison's there for three years. Town. It was great. Yeah. The, um, uh, the Old Fashioned, right on the Capitol Square, there's one of my favorite restaurants. Ooh, oh, yeah. They serve yeah. Old Fashions? Because that, that's, for that's nice, what uh, their, of course. their signature is, yeah. Yep, love it. And they, and they serve like appetizers on a lazy susan so you can spin yeah. them around the table yeah, that, and that is like so. that's tradition wisconsin supper club you know that exactly. that is they, they do that every place they've got the lazy susan with the dip in the middle and all the other stuff and now i don't know if i would and... recommend that necessarily during a um, <laughs> novel coronavirus <laughs> pandemic but <laughs> i will take that old-fashioned uh, uh representative uh, you guys are going to be uh, quite busy uh this time next week i would imagine uh, as you guys are in the throes of session you haven't been in town uh, you've been in town you live here uh but uh, your colleagues haven't been in town uh, at the state capitol since early march um so yeah, first what, week in march right what do you expect to happen what are the director directives you've been given uh now that we have this this covid19 crisis ongoing well first uh i'm glad that we're coming back to session you know the house republicans and the senate republicans for that matter have been pushing for weeks for us to come back in the session and, and just this morning i actually looked at the National Council on State Legislatures, it looks like I think 15 legislatures have come back into session since COVID began. So, um, you know, we're behind on our work. Um, we're a co-equal branch of government, so I'm glad that we're coming back into session. Um, the Speaker and the Senate President issued a, it's going to be a special session, is what they said, which um, is is different than a regular session because it limits the topics that we can discuss. So um, the topics to be discussed include, you know, the budget, the pandemic, um, uh, things, infrastructure, uh, potentially election law, things like that. So, you know, obviously the speaker's putting a limitation on, on what he wants to be discussed at this, which is unfortunate. But um, you know, I think this this is a good thing because we've had these working groups going on behind the scenes. We've, I think we have 14 House working groups that have, you know were supposedly impaneled to try to whittle down what we need to be done. But those have all been done, you know, behind closed doors. The you guys don't get to hear about it in the media. The public doesn't get to see them. And we've actually been discussing, you know, legislation and stuff like that. And that's not right. It needs to get out in the public. It needs to be out in the open. We need to have committee hearings. People need to see what's going on. And so. Hopefully, when we get back in session next week, uh, we'll be able to do some of this. And I'm very interested to see what will exactly be on the schedule, what legislatively will be on the schedule, which I assume as we go forward here today and tomorrow, we might have a clearer picture on what exactly we'll be discussing. And we're going to be talking with um, someone from the um, Bank of Springfield Center on Monday, uh, Chris, just for uh, uh, scheduling purposes uh, as he gets more information on how this is all going to play out. But uh, with the House conducting session at the Bank of Springfield Center, uh, how do you think that's going to play out? What will <laughs> – are you going to have pages and yeah. clerks? I mean, are, how, how is that going to look? Well, first of all, I hope Oaks can set up like a drum set, you know, behind the dais right. or something like that and have a concert. <laughs> but, but you know, it's, it's certainly going to be a different way of – doing business um we um what, what what i've read and what i've been told is that um you know obviously members will have access uh, to the floor of the center because that will be the house floor uh, a limited number of staff 
uh, will be allowed as well. And um, members will be spread out. I think we each get a six-foot table. So, you know, there's 118 of us, the floor. You know, I mean, look, the convention centers can hold 8,000 people. There's plenty of room to spread out there. The public will be allowed in up in the mezzanine level. Um, I think, uh, and I don't know what the the number is on how many people they will allow, but I'm sure they'll look at the figures on social distancing and see. So it's it's certainly going to be a different way of doing business. Um, we won't have the same technology that we have on the floor, would be my guess. Um, I don't know yet if we're going to have to do like like um, actual roll call, voice roll calls instead of voting by electronic device and things like that. I think that's all to be determined. Uh, and it certainly will be a little a little clunky to fi- to figure it out. Um, the co- any committee hearings will be held in the same at the same place, you know, on the floor of the convention center. So oh, I thought committees uh, were going to be held at the uh, House chamber. No, no, no. They they said I think what they what they meant when they said the House was was the fact that they will be held there in the in the convention center. Oh, wow. So um, on a, a call that I that we were on yesterday with the House Republicans that came up and that it sounds like committees will be scheduled before or after whenever we're supposed to be in session at the at the convention center. Yeah, they could probably use the basement too for the committees, couldn't they? You know, the, the, I, I had the I had this I, I had the same thought as well and, and I don't know if that's that's something they're taking a look at. There's certainly plenty of room in the committees. The committees though have the same requirement, constitutional requirement to be open to the public. So um, you might run into issues of, yeah. of people moving if you're going from the upper part of the arena down into the, you know, the, the meeting space below and everything. Budget's obviously coming up, Tim. You know, the, a mountain of work ahead as, as basically Pritzker and uh, the Assembly has acknowledged that we're basically starting over from zero with all of this. Can we get a budget done in time? Well, the fiscal year begins July 1, so we do have uh, a month and a half to be able to craft a budget. I don't know if we'll actually do a budget next week. Um, I uh, I have my doubts about that, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I, I would prefer that maybe we look into June before we, we get serious about crafting the budget, because I think the longer, the closer we get to, to July 1, the more data we will have on, on the, the huge drop in revenue that we're going to have here in Illinois and be able to hopefully make a better decision. And also, the you know, uh, um, another month from now would give us maybe some more time to see possibly what the feds might be doing as far as more assistance to states and so on. so But wouldn't that you know, make it I, a little bit more difficult to get um, the necessary votes? Because after May 31st, yes. that's the hard deadline for you guys to pass any legislation that has an immediate effective date with simple majorities. If it's passed that's, May that's, 31st, you're going to have to have a supermajority. Absolutely. That's that's correct, Greg. And um, so if we, in the House, if we vote on things before the end of May, it takes 60 votes. Uh, after uh, after the end of May into June, it'll take uh, 71 votes, and um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think I think having more input for people, having a higher threshold in, in such a unique time, uh, may be a good thing for the budget. But more than anything else, like I said, I think I think having the best data available, you know, a month from now. Um, I mean, we're just going to know another month of what revenue is coming in and, and where we're going, and I I think that would be the right way to do it. Now. I, I don't know if that will be the case. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of conjecture out there about what type of budget might be passed, uh, some sort of lump sum budget, uh, letting the governor manage it more, uh, 
similar to how it was it was done with Governor Rauner under the budget impasse. I don't know if that's all on the table or not, but certainly, I you know we're going to have these discussions and and see where it goes. And you know we've we've got a potentially seven billion dollar budget hole. Right that we're looking at to fill, which is going to be, I mean, we're not going to be able to fill that. Yeah, I mean, in, in February, the governor was proposing a $42 billion budget. Um, now we're looking at possibly like a $37 billion budget yeah. or something to that effect. That's substantial, uh, a large percentage of the budget. So that's going to be top of mind. Talking with State Representative Tim Butler with News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Uh, something else I want to get to is uh, the importance of, uh, if you think it's important, to, to have uh, the legislature uh, provide input on uh, reopening plans and the governor's executive orders. But there's another element here that I think is, you know, in talking with uh, State Representative uh, Mike Zaleski, uh, I asked him, what's the election stuff uh, you guys are going to be tackling when you come back? And he said, well, in the time of a pandemic, it's important for us to make voting as easy as possible, especially with the election coming up in November. What are you hearing is going to happen in that aspect? Well, I fully believe that election law changes will be on the docket next week. It's spelled out in the go- in, in, in the speaker's special session order. And, you know, as as a member of the Republican Party and the minority, I'm always tremendously skeptical of election law bills that come out of the, the Democrats, especially Mike Madigan's operation. Um, they are partisan and they have been for a long time on those. And I'm, you know, look, I, I think we have to give people as many opportunities as possible to be able to vote. We have a very robust uh, vote by mail program in Illinois already. People there's no excuse to, to be able to vote by mail. You can get your mail, ballot in the mail up to 40 days in advance of the election. What I think we need to do is take the, the resources that we're going to put into a vote by mail and give those to the county clerks who administer the election to let them better promote vote by mail and make sure that's, that is, is going to happen. I'm hearing a lot of rumors of potentially uh, – instituting an automatic vote by mail where everyone would get mailed a ballot. Uh, and I, I think that's that's something that that is ripe for fraud. Well, I and, think and considering everyone before all this happened, it, you guys were raising the alarm about just revelation after revelation after revelation of the automatic voter registration program and all the problems yeah, that I arose mean, from I mean, that. You, you see what goes on with 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 AVR. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I've made the point you've got all, let's look at college campuses. Is every, if every registered voter is getting sent a ballot, what about all these kids that have moved home this spring who are now have now legally established residents back in their home County because they've lived there for 28 days. Are we going to take those kids off the rolls in, in counties like Sangamon and McLean and Champaign that have large student populations? I mean, that's, that's the kind of questions that we need to, we need to ask and get answered and that can't be done in a couple days session next week. Um, you know, we need to provide the opportunities, yes, but we have good opportunities right now there for, for people to, to vote by mail. And I think we should use the existing systems and just plus them up a little bit, get the information out to make sure people know they have the ability to do that. I tell you, Chris, there's so much other stuff I could, I oh, could I know. ask the, the representative. <laughs> because corruption, uh, there's there's nothing, you know, what, what ethics reforms isn't on this list for the special yeah. session. Uh, we, you know, there was supposed to be the ethics report out by the end of March. That's gone by the board. You're exactly right, Greg. There's, there's a lot of this other stuff that because of the special session, especially, we're not going to talk about, which is ridiculous. We should be talking about that stuff. Listen, State Representative Tim Butler, thank you so much for the time. You know, anytime you need us, just reach out. We'll be happy to accommodate, okay? 
All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, Be safe. thanks. Talk to you later. Be safe.